Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shield Kapati here, joined by Ben Solak and producer, ace producer, Cliff Augustine. Eagles, Giants, 8-15, Saturday night at the link. We're here to give some first impressions on the matchup. We'll do a deeper dive on the Thursday 10, but we wanted to get something out there. How are we feeling about this matchup? What to watch for? What narratives to be uh, wary of in the days ahead? What points to, you know, maybe mention to your friends and press them a little bit. Benny Souls, how are we doing? Doing good. This is what we uh, this is what we asked for, right? We said it'd be nice if we could get a, a Giants win and set up the Eagles with the Giants. And we got it. And having watched the game, I'm like, man, I'm not sure why I was asking for this exactly. But all right, we got it. Here we go. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. First impressions, because I've, you know, on the on the threads I'm on, there's a faction saying, oh, gosh, this is, you know, something makes me feel uneasy about this Eagles matchup after having watched that Giants game. And then there's another faction that's saying, give me a break. This is fantastic. Bring the Giants on. We killed the Giants uh, earlier in the season. So where do you land on that kind of range of uh, emotion, Mm -hmm. confidence scale, all those things? All right. So. I'll, I'll say the same thing I said before the Eagles totally punked the Giants, which is that I think the Giants are a tough matchup for the Eagles. I think schematically X's and O's, right? When we when we look at the portion of the of the formula that's like how do the players line up on the field, the Giants do some stuff that's going to give the Eagles headaches, right? Uh, the the blitzing on defense is a big part of it. Wink Martindale hasn't blitzed, blitzed as much down the stretch as we are accustomed to him doing. They only sent, I think, six blitzes against Kirk Cousins, which Kirk was great against the blitz, has been great against the blitz, so it makes sense. Uh, not a ton of blitzes in, in that Vikings game. Not a lot of blitzes in the second half of the season. But in general, if Wink thinks heating you up 
is the move. Wink will heat you up a lot. And 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 our read on the Eagles' offense has been that that's a good thing to do against them, especially with a potentially banged up Jalen Hurts, right? He's not going to be at 100%. We talked about watching that Giants Week 18 game and saying, Giants were hitting him. Like, we see, like, you know, what what, what what's the health on this guy? How comfortable is he going to be with contact? Uh, I believe at that time, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you said that Hurts was around, like, 19th in EPA per drop back against the Blitz. He's somewhere around, like, average yeah, NFL quarterback. Something around there. Right? It's yeah. not like he's, like, horribly bad. It's just that it takes an Eagles offense that's generally, like, top five and puts it back down to earth. So they do stuff schematically defensively. It's a problem for them. They have matchup guys who are an issue for the Eagles, right? Dexter Lawrence against Jason Kelsey. Dexter Lawrence is a problem against anybody, but he's also a problem against lighter centers, right? Ask Eric Bradbury. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is where uh, Lawrence is going to be successful. So they have matchup issues there. And then on the other side of the ball, I don't think Daniel Jones is the caliber of pocket passer that typically dices up the John Gannon defense, but he's been playing better from the pocket as a thrower than we've pretty much seen him in his entire career and then he has the running aspect of it and when he's on the run yeah the Eagles are playing zone they're gonna have eyes on him but you need to go tackle the six foot five 230 pound guy who's running like it's a tough it's a tough ask right a a quarterback of, of Jones size scrambling is going to stress any defense let alone again a defense that tends to have light personnel in the field so there's stuff that they do man like they they, they from the X's and O's perspective they're a bit of a tough handle for the Eagles the gag when they faced him I want to say week 12 week 13 was well okay, but they're they're super banged. Fourteen, yeah. Fourteen, excuse me. They're super banged up, right? I mean, like you know, I, all the sexes and no stuff is great, but once Rodarius Williams lines up opposite AJ Brown, everything else goes out the window. You throw the ball to AJ Brown, ball game, right? We're, we're we're not worried about this matchup. The Giants are a lot healthier than they were, right? Adore Jackson's back. They have the full secondary they want. Their wide receiver core is solid, right? Like it's not incredible. It's not anything to write home about, but like they have settled in over the last month, month plus with Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, and Richie James. And it's an X, a Z, and a, and a slot. It's a traditional X and Isaiah Hodgins who can win a contested catch. He can win in isolation on third down. It's a Z and Darius Slayton who can catch the ball on the run, who can stretch the field, who can create an explosive. And then it's Richie James who can make a guy miss in space and, and pick up dirty yards from the slot. Like it's, it's, it's a fine group. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the. The jokes that we made about this team's uh, depth and their talent when they were kind of overachieving remain true in a playoff field that's got like the Eagles and the Niners and these loaded rosters. I'm not saying the Giants are at that caliber, but they're a better roster than we've given them credit for and certainly a better roster than the Eagles saw in Week 14. So I still think they're worse than the, the, the Cowboys. I'd still prefer to play them than the Cowboys, but this is not a pushover. This is not like some rinky-dink six seed that you know all like those cute giants they're five and one like that 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 tone we talked about with them in the beginning of the season that tone no longer applies to this team the eagles are still what was it seven seven and a half half, uh point favorites in this game so that's a now now it's seven uh according to fan duel but listen i if i would have told you in uh in august that you have to beat Daniel Jones and potentially Brock Purdy. Now I know Brock Purdy is not what he, what he is now is not what we thought he was uh, in August. But if I would have told you, you have to beat those two guys at home and you'll have 21 of your 22 regular starters on the field for the divisional round, you would have been over the moon. Where do I sign up? That yeah. is a great outcome. 
for this season. So it's like, like it's the playoffs. It's the divisional round. You don't get to play the worst team um, in the NFL. You're going to have to face a team that's going to give you at least some uh, bit of worry, some bit of concern at the same time. And we're recording this before the Cowboys play the Bucks, so we don't know how that game goes. But I, I feel confident saying before that game that this is a better outcome than facing the Cowboys or the Bucks in the first game. So uh, if you're the Eagles, uh, I, I think you're excited about how this has played out, even though obviously the Giants played well on Sunday. Cliff, I need to get you uh, in, in here. I know you're you're on probably 40,000 uh, threads with Eagles fans. And Giants what fans. What did you text us? And Giants fans. And Giants, and Giants fans. fans. You, you texted us your, your hype for the yeah, Giants man. funeral. Listen, listen. You said now, is your, is your confidence shared what, what by you, your friends or no? What are you doing on a thread with Giants fans? Is this like got, a sleeper got, cell thing? No, man, is this got, like, uh, you know, infiltrate and break from within? What no, are we doing? No infiltration. I got some homies from New York. You know, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm a worldly guy. You know, I connect the cities. <laughs> I connect the dots. But uh, I'm going to say it like this, man. Look, Ben was talking about X's and O's. Guys coming back, you know, Slayton being the Z and, and Hodgins being the X. And then if we scared of Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton, you know, <laughs> we don't deserve to go to the Super Bowl. Like right. that, that, that's it. Like stop them, stop, put it into all of that. Daniel Bellinger, worry about Saquon Barkley, and we'll win this damn game. I'm not concerned one bit, not one bit. Like literally, people are like, well, at the end of the season, that game versus Giants, when they had their like eight stringers in, we almost won by you know five, six points or whatever. You gonna smoke them out? It's it. That's it. There's there's nothing to be scared of. What are we scared of? I love it. Uh, listen, I'm ready. I wish it was Saturday tomorrow. Like I, I'll, be at, I'll be at the link right now tailgate, bro. I'm ready to go. Like let's get it, man. All right. That's it. All right. So, Cliff's confidence right. level is high. The the Isaiah Hodgins idea, right? Like, just stop Isaiah Hodgins. Yes, the Eagles have James Bradbury and Darius Slay. They are better than Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton. They should win the matchups. It's just that it's important to calibrate expectations. The Giants corner room, linebacker room, wide receiver room, and pass rusher room all at various times in this season have been total and complete jokes because of the number of injuries that they've accumulated and the players that they've had to play as a result. Wide receiver still looks like a joke because who the heck is Isaiah Hodgins, right? Like, what is going on? But just in terms of how they've played, they're fine. Again, like, I'm more worried about Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. I'm more worried about CeeDee Lane and Michael Gallup. But it's just this is not like a, a you know, poo-poo, wave your hand out as it goes by sort of a situation. The one room for which that's still true, for the Giants, by the way, is the linebacker room. This team played Jalen yes. Smith and Jared Davis for the majority of the snaps. If you cannot, like, like TJ Hawkinson had a career day. Dallas Goddard ha- should have 200 yards if they're going to try to cover him with a linebacker, right? If they're going to play zone, the amount they did against the, the, the Vikings, they're going to try to do that against the, the Eagles. Dallas Goddard should have a, the, the day of his life without sweating. He should, he should barely feel it and get 150 yards. I don't think you're going to get the same matchups because I think they're going to blitz more, but that's kind of what you're, what, you're, what you're looking at in terms of the rooms, like the, 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 the memes that the Giants have endured. They've gotten better in a lot of these places, linebacker notwithstanding. Oh, I love it. I mean, you got the dogs out. They're re- they're like Cliff. They're ready for this game. They wish it were Saturday uh, right now. They jump out there. All right, that's a good segue. Let's let's get into a little bit of the matchup again. We'll do a deeper dive later in the week. But when the Eagles have the football, you just mentioned it, part of it. But let, let let's get into that matchup. Eagles offense versus the Giants defense. Dallas Goddard did not play 
in that first game against the New York Giants. And you're right. I mean, TJ Hawkinson lit them up in that game Sunday. Linebackers, absolutely a weakness, an area to expose. I would expect Goddard to be a huge part of this game plan. But just looking back to that Week 14 game, Ben, that was the Eagles' best offensive performance of the season in terms of EPA per drive. 437 yards, 27 first downs, 48 points. They had 10 possessions. They scored six touchdowns, two field goals, had one punt blocked, and another punt. Now, your point about who's going to be on the field is a big one. The Giants get three key starters back uh, in this game who didn't play in that game. Their best corner, Adoree Jackson. Their best safety, Xavier McKinney. And their, what does he make, $20 million uh, a year, but injured defensive tackle in Leonard Williams. Mm -hmm. Those three guys did not play in that first game in Week 14. All three guys played uh, yesterday. Williams is battling through an injury. The other two guys look back, and they're healthy. So uh, Giants absolutely have different personnel on the field here. And then the other question, and, and let's just get right to this, is Eagles ran for 253 yards in that game. Jalen Hurts was a big part of it. Jalen Hurts ran for 77 yards in that game. The Eagles yeah. averaged over eight yards per carry, just killed them. What is your, and this is, you know, no inside in, but what version of Jalen Hurts just, what is your gut telling you, what you read, what you hear, what you talk about with other Eagles fans? What is your gut telling you about what version of Jalen Hurts you're getting for this game? Is it going to be some version of the guy we saw in week 18 where you're not using all the, the option run game and using him in the designed run game and you're going to ask him to win uh, from the pocket with his arm? Or is this just, all right, you did what you needed to do in week 18. Now it's full go, play with pain, and everything is available to him. Yeah, so let's, you know, Jalen Hurts, January 12th. So we're talking Monday, January 16th. This was January 12th, Thursday or something, Friday, late day last week. Uh, Hurts said, quote, it's a good thing there's a bye week. Uh, Hurts wouldn't <laughs> deny the chance that he could be less than 100% for the Eagles' first playoff game next Saturday or Sunday, adding, quote, but I've played injured before. Uh, Nick Sirianni said after the last game that Hurts was, quote, hurting like hell. So this is what we've been talking about. It would have been really, like, nice... When the shoulder injury first happened, we heard about it after the Bears game, right? There was like that weird Monday where the Cowboys line was moving. Everybody's like, what's going on? And then they end up tweeting like, oh, Jalen Hurts got a shoulder injury. And we were all like, oh, but he played against the Bears and he was great. And so it's going to be fine, right? Shoulder injury, you know, one to two weeks, we're chilling. That is not this injury. This injury is more serious than that. Uh, I, I would be stunned if Hurts looks 100%. I mean, I, I'll put it this way. I, there's, I don't think there's any chance Hurts is 100%, right? And there's a chance that Hurts is, 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 is gutting it out and looks great. But I think we're going to, you know, I'd be surprised if we see him used in short yardage and goal line the way that he's been used previously. I think they'll still do it occasionally, but I don't think they'll do it with the same volume that they've done it previously. Uh, and then I'd be surprised if we, you know, like see Hurts take a huge sack and like everybody acts like nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's going to be every time he gets hit, the entire offensive line kind of runs over and is like, <gasps> anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And there's just that, that, that clenching of the buttocks. You know what I'm saying? She's a little bit tight. Ugh, you're not feeling great. Um, there's a way the Eagles have that to be true and also have the same game they have against the Giants, have unbelievable offensive production. Uh, the, the, the Giants aren't a really, uh, stuck between a rock and a hard place defensively right where i said like i don't think they're gonna play as much zone i think they're gonna play man because they want to blitz okay well you play man you blitz against Jalen hurts on one down you get a sack on the next down you get a 45 yard run and hurts does not need a shoulder for that right he can break angles throw a stiff arm get into the third level and then just step out of bounds whenever he wants and it's an explosive gain right and so uh 
they're in a tough spot going against the, the these Eagles, even if Hurts' shoulder isn't 100 because his legs will be. Uh, and so I, I I don't think it's prohibitive to having a very good game against the Giants, but I do think that like we have to remember, I I will be surprised if Hurts is at 100% in any remaining game in the playoffs, however long that is for the Eagles. It's it's probably the it's the biggest storyline going into this game. It's the most interesting storyline. Uh, my friend Tim McManus from uh, ESPN had a story with I think the chief of sports medicine at uh, at Penn saying like no, there should be kind of legit concern about this injury. Uh, I was at practice for a piece I'm writing for the Ringer this week on Friday and just kind of the small talk you make with uh, people uh, as you're watching practice or whatever is like, why are the Eagles being so open about this now? You know what I mean? Like they yeah. haven't mentioned any injury related thing all season long for two years under Sirianni. It's been gamesmanship. It's been competitive advantage. And now all of a sudden after that game, he's coming right out and saying Hertz is playing through a lot of pain and they're kind of embracing this narrative. So I don't know what the answer is to that. I mean, I, I do think that Hertz is a tough guy and feeds off those sort of uh, slights or intangibles or no one's going to think I'm going to be able to play uh, through this and I'm going to come back and show them. So maybe they're just feeding into that. But that did make my kind of ears perk up a little bit. Like, why is everyone being so open about this all of a sudden when they haven't said a thing about an injury for two years? So that, listen, there's no way to know until we're watching on Saturday night and either we're going, oh, baby, Hertz looks great. Or we're saying, whoa, they haven't, you know, it's the third quarter and they have not run a designed run or an option run with Hertz yet. So we'll just have to wait and find out. Are they officially Saturday night? Is that when that game's going to be? Yeah, Heck. 15 at the link Saturday night. <sighs> yep. Saturday night ones are the worst, it's, man. It's, Come on. I need to sleep. <laughs> there you go. So uh, now the coverage, the, the, the sort of evolution of the Giants defense is very interesting to me going into this game. You touched on it. The game they played against the Vikings is not when we talk about Wink Martindale for the last five years, that's not the version of a Wink Martindale defense we're used to seeing. They played a lot of zone. They played a lot of too high. They did not blitz a lot. Uh, if you look at it, they blitzed just 15% of the time, which was their second lowest percentage of the season in that week 14 game against the Eagles, to put it into perspective. 53% of the time they blitzed, yep. bl blitzed, blitzed Jalen Hurts. Uh, they played man coverage just 16% of the time on Sunday against the Vikings. That was their lowest percentage of the entire season. And this isn't just a one-off. If you look at it, actually, since that Week 14 game against the Eagles, they've sort of changed how they've played. I mean, they played man 47% of the time in the first 14 weeks of the season. And since that week 14 game, it's been just 19.9% of the time. I mean, that is a drastic, drastic drop over a four-game sample. I, I didn't count that week 18 game because, no, I didn't, I didn't think anyone was doing anything that really tells us anything. So just the four games since... 15, 16, 17 in the playoffs. Again, they go from 47% man to about 20% man. And same thing with the blitz. I mean, they blitzed 46% of the time in the first 14 weeks, and they blitzed 31% of the time in the last four weeks. So, uh, you know, I know with the Ravens, when Martindale was there last year, and we're all watching those backup cornerbacks get into the game, and we're going, why aren't you adjusting? I mean, my sense was, 
they hadn't practiced like during practice. They're not practicing, getting a lot of reps, playing these zone coverages. Like they had one thing that they majored in. And so it was really hard to evolve. So I wonder if that's something that Martindale kind of changed with his approach this year saying, Hey, we need more, uh, we need more tools in the toolbox. Should we need them? And they have changed this year. So I know you touched on this earlier, but those are kind of two different versions of a Martindale defense. What are you expecting? How are you expecting him to approach uh, this matchup against the Eagles? Yeah. Kitchen sink right if i if i'm martindale and i'm between a rock and a hard place where i think if i rush for drop seven and play zone i'm gonna lose to jalen hurts as a passer i'm gonna lose to the eagles bevy of, of pass catching weapons and i'm gonna lose to their yards after the catch and i'm uh, gonna aj brown in space and then they're gonna pick on the linebackers and gonna find dallas goddard right and 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 they're gonna have those issues and if i go man and i blitz and then they're gonna get AJ Brown again, number one, but Jalen Hurts is going to beat me with his legs and he's going to be able to get outside of the pocket. Uh, I need to find happy mediums. And in order to do that, I need to present a lot of different stuff and then change and rotate post snap and and be chaotic, be a little bit like uh, unsound defensively, right? Like we're going to have like third and fives where I put seven dudes on the line. I rush for them and I got Leonard Williams dropping into coverage. Do I want Leonard Williams dropping into coverage on third and five? Probably not, but I got to do some weird stuff, right? Eagles are a juggernaut. You got to throw a little bit of chaos at this. And like, uh, we've seen the teams that have thrown chaos at it be successful, right? We've seen teams like the Cardinals who, who, who throw a lot of like mess at the line of scrimmage, make this Eagles offense slow down. We saw the Colts with their willingness to bring extra dudes off the line, off the, 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 edge of the edge of the line right and kind of present a different face to the zone read stuff we saw that disrupt the rpo game a lot like this you you, you gotta put extra bodies in spots you, and you, then you gotta leave guys on islands you're gonna lose some but you're gonna win some and that's kind of how, how how you have to exist so i think you're gonna see a lot of like you know weird looks i think you're gonna get six defensive backs on the field a ton too right kind of a Oh, seven. They play, they, they play yeah. with seven defensive backs more than like the entire, yeah. uh, rest well, of the it's league funny, combined. A, a weird product of having the number of injuries that they did is that now you have a lot of guys with a lot of experience, a lot of different positions this season, right? Yeah. Like third round rookie Cordell Flott, just throw him in at nickel. He had to start there for like three weeks in the beginning of the season. We didn't really plan on that, but here we yeah. go. You know, they got their, their safety trio is sick, man. Uh, Xavier McKinney's the big name, and he's a good player. He's the best player of the three, no doubt, because uh, he's a first-round pick. Julian Love, uh, who is a corner at Notre Dame, has just transitioned to free safety. He's got coverability. He can rotate down. And then this Iowa rookie, Dane Belton, he's a son of a gun. He's stick his face in a fan. He's got like a Vontae Maddox to him where he just like never say die. He's just also like a little bit bigger, a little more physical. Um, so they, 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 they got dudes that they can rotate around, right? Adore Jackson is playing the best ball of his career which I did not have on my bingo card for 2022. He's back outside corner, played great against Justin Jefferson last night. Like you feel good about a Dory. You feel as good as you can feel about a corner on AJ Brown on an Island. You feel that way about a Dory Jackson, just given the way that he's played. So that they're, they're, they're going to have a lot of dudes that they can rotate and they can leave on islands. They can ask McKinney to beat uh, uh, uh daughter in a one-on-one situation on third down, ask a Dory to beat AJ Brown on third down. Like they can do that. They can leave islands. And then you're going to test Jack Driscoll. Right, you're going to test the the in the event that he plays. You're going to test the Lane Johnson health, see how good he feels. You know, give Kayvon Thibodeau to him, and you're going to use that that depth on defensive line. You're going to get Dexter Lawrence in spots. You're going to blitz Jalen Smith, blitz Jared Davis, hide them in coverage. They're going to throw again kitchen sink. They're going to throw a ton of stuff at the wall and kind of see what sticks. It's going to be a lot on Jalen Hurts mentally, which he's been great this season, but a lot on Jalen Hurts mentally to handle post snap, which. 
Bucks playoff game last year was the same thing, and and he really struggled in that game. So big just for him. Yeah, I'm 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 totally on the fence right now. I'm curious where I'll be at when we have our pod on Wednesday. Like I, I could see them going in a number of different directions. Even you know you could put Adoree Jackson on Devonte Smith and double AJ Brown. You, there are all kinds of things uh, the Giants can do in this game. They're a little more varied than I thought they would be at this point in the season, and that's certainly a credit to them. And I think one reason why you've seen them ease off on the blitz a little bit is because the pass rush has been healthier and better with four than it's been in the past. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, I thought mm-hmm. in that first game is kind of a tough matchup for Jordan Mailata. Dexter Lawrence, I mean, if you watch that game yesterday, like how often do you watch a game live and you're just watching the nose tackle just kill the center every single Next play? I mean, that's what we saw. Number of pressures from a nose tackle alignment this year. Dexter Lawrence leads the league with 29 pressures from nose tackle alignment. Second is Raekwon Davis with eight. Um, yeah. What? I mean, it, it's <laughs> Yeah. What? It's It's... Every other top pass rushing defensive tackle gets to line up between the guard and the tackle and and sprint yeah. into space. Dexter Lawrence has to line up directly opposite the center, and he's been one of the best pass rushing defensive tackles in the league. Absurd player. I mean, he was killing Brad. Brad, every time you looked up, Brad was on the ground or in Kirk Cousins' face. So uh, they've got him. Leonard Williams, like I said, playing healthy. Now, Ojolari is a guy to watch. Ojolari is dealing with a quad injury he left that game I think I read in the athletic that he feels like he'll be able to play in this game because when Ojolari is healthy he is a really really good uh, pass rusher and as you mentioned we think Lane Johnson is going to give it a go he got back to practice last week but man there's no guarantees the the variance between he could come back and look like Lane Johnson or he could play three snaps and be like I, I gave it my all, uh, but I, I can't play. I mean, this is a tough thing to play with. So there's a lot of kind of uncertainty there uh, up front, and I'm sure Martindale will probably look at that matchup and say, are we getting home or are we not getting home? And then you kind of adjust on the fly there. So that will be interesting to keep an eye on. All right, let's finish by looking at the other side of the ball when the Giants have the football. This performance the Giants had on Sunday statistically was pretty incredible. There there have been 552 offensive games this year, you know, all the games and then uh, each team having uh, an offensive performance. The Giants performance Sunday ranked eighth out of 552 all season long in terms of EPA per drive. They had seven real possessions. They scored on five of them, four touchdowns, one field goal. They didn't have any short fields. And if you remember uh, the one punt they had, I mean, it's because Darius Slayton had the big drop at the end. So like they really did not get stopped in that game. They were going up and down the field, 431 yards, 28 first downs. Daniel Jones becomes one of three quarterbacks in NFL history in, to throw for th- over 300 and run for over 70 in a playoff game. The other two, Steve Young and Lamar Jackson. Steve Young, Lamar Jackson, and Daniel Jones just hanging out together uh, in that category. What did you think of their offensive performance against the Vikings? How much is it that the Vikings, mm-hmm. you know, we could maybe get 400 yards on the Vikings defense? How much credit yes. do you give the Giants? What was your take on that game? Uh, if uh, Don't go outside. Don't don't see the temperature. Don't check a calendar. I just told you that like a, a middling average quarterback just had a career day against the 27th ranked defense by DVOA. How much do you care? Not that much. 
right? Probably not. Like yeah. regular season, yeah, right. regular season, every every tweet, every article, every joke, every jab, every podcast is about how this Vikings defense is just not real. How they couldn't <laughs> stop this offense. It's like a conglomerate <laughs> of players and nobody really knows or heard of or wanted to extend. But because it's the playoffs and it's Daniel Jones on a contract year and it's Brian Dable coach of the year and it's, you know, Daniel Jones first ever playoff game, it's Oh, first playoff performance, Daniel Jones, 350, whatever. Yada, yada, three touchdowns. This, that, oh, the other I love things. it. Solak, sick of it. Solak's getting in. Screw the Giants mode. I love it's, it. But it's just that that's that's the long and the short of it. It's because we're in the playoffs, we assume that every unit of every team is functional. This is not the case with the Minnesota Vikings defense. It's it's a joke and a travesty. Has been all season. They were eight and they were what, 11 and 0 in one score games or 8 and 0, something like that, yeah. coming into this, this game, right? Like it was, this is not. For a long time, we were like, this team is not real. And then the Giants, who like, I, I said this on the Friday preview show for the, for the Ringer NFL feed, the Giants were, were three-point underdogs. Just by roster, they were the more talented team. <laughs> like Again, we've like, we've been like making fun of the Giants roster all season. You just look at their offense against the Vikings defense, and they just they had like six of the best nine players in the field. <laughs> like it, They had a roster mismatch, right? Like... Uh, Darius Slayton versus Chandon Sullivan is a huge advantage to the Giants. Like it's, I, I yeah. the Giants are, are are a solid offense because Brian Dable's really good. Daniel Jones is a difficult athlete to deal with in space. They do some weird stuff. They do some motion. They they and they're also willing to take the easy stuff. That's the big thing too, right? Like talking about this Gannon defense is going to give you free access. They're going to take the underneath stuff. They're going to take it all the way down the field, right? Like they're they're going to be very comfortable just taking the same thing that you give them over and over and over again. But this is this 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 is a talent thing to me. Uh, the Eagles defense remarkably better than the Vikings defense. The one big thing that'll matter is pass rush, right? Uh, because the Giants kind of uh, like they, they, they I, ideally are going to live in a bit of a dink and dunk world against the Eagles. They were a little bit more downfield against the Vikings, but they're probably going to live in a more of a dink and dunk world just because that's what the Eagles take away. It's going to require Daniel Jones to hang around in the pocket, which when he had long time to throw in this Vikings game, he was a killer. He was awesome because the Vikings couldn't heat him up. Eagles are not going to have that issue. Right, Eagles are going to be able to a find Evan Neal, and b they're going to be able to win the interior matchups. They got three guys, four guys, five guys, six guys who can come after the passer, and, and they can win their one on ones. And so, uh, like Josh Sweat back for this game would be huge because last time Josh Sweat and Andrew Thomas played, Josh Sweat nearly ended Andrew Thomas's All Pro bid. Right, like Sweat was 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 hooking him. Uh, and so the uh, the difference in pass rush is going to make it really hard for Jones to hold the ball in the pocket. They still got to tackle him. Got to keep him in the pocket. It's tricky. It's gonna it's gonna require attention and rush lane integrity and whatever. Um, but the pass rush, huge difference uh, difference for the Eagles. And then the ability to play man, the ability to play man and assume that Avante or CJ Gardner Johnson is gonna be okay against Ricky James. You know, you got to win those matchups with your players. Yeah, I mean, they really should be able to line up in man and shut those guys down. I mean, they, they could take some victories, but man, you just you just mentioned the one-on-one matchups with the Giants offense versus the Vikings defense. I mean, the, the Eagles at corner against these wide receivers, and again, maybe they're a little under, I'm kind of with you, you know, they, they have made some plays, they've improved, I don't watch them and think they got a bunch of bums out there who can't yeah. do anything, I mean, they've definitely gotten better, uh, but I, I, I hear what Cliff's saying too, you know, this is not facing a Justin Jefferson or a Tyreek Hill or anything where you're staying up at night on a Tuesday figuring out how you game plan for these guys, I mean, really, you should be able to line up and play against these guys 
and be fine. And so I, I think the pass rush, uh, like you said, I mean, Eagles in that first game had seven sacks and 12 quarterback hits. Now I know some of that came against Tyrod Taylor after he came into the game late, but uh, I remember watching that thinking, man, the Eagles have a huge advantage here. And you're right. I mean, Evan Neal, the right tackle against whoever's lining up there for the Eagles is a huge you know, advantage for the Eagles. The Eagles interior, a Javon Hargrave against the interior of the Giants offensive line, which they're employing a rotation at left guard. I think they had two series uh, for uh, one guy and two series for the other guy yesterday there. I mean, that should be an advantage for the Eagles. Now, Jones, I thought this was interesting. Now, he scrambled all season long. If you look at it, he has a higher EPA on scrambles this year than Jalen Hurts. Now he's played two more games, but he picked up thir- he's picked up 34 first downs on scrambles in 17 games. That's third in the NFL, only one fewer than Josh Allen and Justin Fields. And I thought specifically in this game Sunday, it was kind of like what we talked about with Hurts, where if you see an opening, just go. Like he was not waiting. I mean, because I-, I felt like there were multiple times where Evan Neal's getting beat uh, on the high side and Daniel Jones is going, see ya, uh, you know, and yep. just going right inside Ooh. that and taking very casual high side right there. It's a little coaching term. Just dropped it in real smooth. I barely, <laughs> I didn't even notice. Uh, high side rush. I didn't mm. use your, what did you say? Facing a fan or something? Fa- yeah, fa- yeah, facing a fan earlier for fan. somebody? But still, high side uh, rush for those who, who don't aren't like shield. It's in the depths of coaching terminology. <laughs> uh, rush on the outside shoulder, right? Rush that goes way, way upfield. High side rush. A little shield copadia. Coach Flynn coaching term there for you. I have a friend who, who his, his sleeping strategy is fan on face. Uh, shout out to Beaner. He just he has a, he asked of a fan, regardless of how cold it is. He wants the fan just blowing in his this face. This is this is your friend sleeps. Beaner. Yeah, I'm here to tell you Beaner's insane. Your friend is you. You should be concerned you don't like about a this fan friend. on face. On face? Does he wake yeah, up he and like drink seven gallons of face. water? Does he just have a, a permanent chapstick that just like lives in his room that he rubs his entire face on when he wakes mm, up in the morning? That's true. That would make me, yeah. yeah, that would make it a little dry. I don't, I like a nice fan in the summer. I like a fan if, if it's hot and like the AC's not on or something yeah. or it doesn't get hot like on a certain floor of a house. Then you do a fan in the summer. That's nice. But I, I'm yeah. not a year round fan guy. Fan, okay. I need to know proximity. Beaner in the chat. Like I need to I'll know. ask him. Is this yeah. like a, a from four feet away? I'm getting a cool breeze over my eyelids, or is this like within twelve to eighteen inches? Just wind tunnel me. Like I gotta know what what's our range here. I just remember he 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 would say fan on face three words. Fan on face was his uh, sleeping strategy. We'll get a little more information. I feel like there's going to be listeners who are who are backing the fan on face uh, strategy for sleeping. So we will see, but uh, Jones can definitely take off. Jones can definitely scramble. That's going to be a factor in this game. So even if the pass rush is kind of winning and getting home, you still have to have a plan for when he takes off. Uh, Other guys, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley was injured in the first game against the Eagles played, but played 20 snaps. I thought he looked awesome in that game yesterday. I mean, he looked explosive he he looks like someone who's been waiting for like a playoff game to, you know, just kind of like he knows how hard it is to get there. He knows those opportunities don't always come uh, come along every day. That touchdown run where Dalvin Tomlinson has him and he just powers through and gets into the end zone. I thought he looked terrific in that game. So uh, from an Eagles perspective, run. Kayvon Wallace played 45 snaps in the first game, which I certainly didn't remember. Uh, Eagles had Avante Maddox in that game. We don't think they'll have Avante Maddox uh, in this game. What are you thinking from a strategy standpoint, uh, initial impressions for the Eagles in this game? 
Rush four, drop seven, play man, play zone. That's the same old, same old. It's Gannon. It, like, you know, make Daniel Jones sit in the pocket, beat you with underneath throws that Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, and Darius Slayton turn with yards after the catch into explosive gains. It's it, it's a good Gannon game. It's it, Gannon's going to get to play this the way he wants to. The most important thing will be the coaching details, right? Uh, we They did a great job sacking Daniel Jones in the first game. Have to do so again. And as you said, need to be very cognizant of the willingness to scramble and go, right? They're going to play... Their, their zone stuff and they're going to try to have eyes on, on on jones but when they play man they'll play it with a spy right they'll play it with a robber player right they'll play it with with tj Edwards just kind of bouncing around two yards behind the line of scrimmage just kind of wait and wait and wait and wait and see which way jones goes and then go and, and, and generate a, a rush in, in that in that direction so you're going to see the um the the willingness there to kind of i think uh sit back let them throw underneath the saquon barkley let them throw underneath the daniel bellinger force them to be perfect for 14 plays and it's an it's Again, like there's Gannon games, so that's really frustrating. In this game, it makes sense. The way that the Giants are going to come at that, I think, is by going heavy personnel, putting Jones under center and trying to run the football, right? You want to say, Gannon, okay, if you want to leave, you know, you want to run your, your 4 two, 5 stuff, right? And you want to have seven light players on the field. Eagles linebackers are pretty light. We're going to put our multiple tight ends out, right? We're going to get Daniel Bellinger, who if memory serves, Bellinger left the Eagles game or, or wasn't in the Eagles game, but we're going to put our, our multiple tight ends on the field. And we're going to give the ball to Barkley. And we're going to try to run at this front and, and, and see if we can make you go heavy, make you put a five-man a five man defensive line on the field, put you in your bare front. And then we'll feel a little bit better about our athletic matchups there. So it's going to be important on early down, stop the run, right? You, you, you don't want to get Big Boyd in this game. Big Boyd, things start to get out of hand. Daniel Jones on the boot. Now he's the ability to run the football. Now they can generate explosives off play action. That's where you're worried. That's where I would, I would expect Brian Dable to go. Uh, and, and we'll see. They're going to have to be able to stop the run out of lighter personnel, right? Chauncey making his plays corners making their plays tackling against the run giants did a couple nub set things right to force james bradbury and darius slay to be to be run defenders and found success with that because barkley against a corner is awesome he's so huge and he's so fast so you have to be good against the run on early downs that's that's the way this thing spirals i think it'll be okay the giants offense i mean statistically would suggest that like that wasn't just a one game thing i mean they were 10th in offensive dvoa in the regular season, and if you look at it and include that playoff game, they're now sixth in EPA per drive offensively for the season. So uh, it, it's been a great coaching job. I mean, they have done more with less. You look at the personnel they have. You look at the improvement they've made from last year. You look at the way they've really leaned into Daniel Jones as a runner, whether it's in the designed run game, which we, we didn't you know touch on uh, too much, which we saw obviously on Sunday. In addition to the scrambles, they've given him answers and he's taken care of the football. That's something that I thought was just his, uh, you know, that was kind of his fatal flaw for his entire career was he was the worst fumbler in the NFL on like a Carson Wentz uh, type level. And that hasn't been the case this year. So give him credit for improving, give their coaching staff credit for putting him in position to succeed. All right. I think that'll do it with for our initial impressions. I feel like Ben, I would say is like a seven on a confidence scale. One to 10 cliff is at like a 14 on a confidence I'll put level it this way. from uh, one to I'll 10. I'll put it this way. The Eagles are clearly more talented <laughs> than the giants, right? That was yes. true of, the Bills, clearly more talented than the Dolphins, and they played a three-point game late into the fourth quarter. It was clearly the case for the Bengals over the Ravens, and they almost were losing that game by seven, if not for a 98-yard fumble return there in the fourth quarter. It was the case of the... Uh, what was the other weird one that was close? I can't remember. It was... Oh, there were a lot of playoff teams 
that were definitely better than the other guys. And then it was a really Chargers, close... Jaguars. What was the third? There was a, it was Chiefs, Bills, and then there was another big favorite. Oh, the Niners, which like the Niners ran away with that game late, yeah. but like first half, yeah, though, went into halftime losing Seahawks to the Seahawks, winning. right? Yeah, playoffs are playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the Eagles are clearly more talented than the Giants. They're over a touchdown favor. I think all that's appropriate. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's like you know. I'm not going to say final score. Eagles win by three. Eagles win by two. Eagles win by eight. Like, you don't know how that's going to play out. It's going to be tough. You know, they're a better team, but we've seen a lot of better teams play close, long, difficult games already in these playoffs. It's hard, hard to win in January. Cliff, what do you got? Look, man, like Ben said, it's hard to win in January, but this is this is the time of the season where it has to happen. Like, I just have no fear in this because I think the mentality is just going to be different coming off that weaker rest, like I said. The Gannon thing does. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't mention about the, that. The, the yeah. Gannon thing does scare me. But, like, the familiarity with what the Giants do and just that their level of play at receiver is just not up to par, and you can play that single man with them, I, I think we'll be fine. I think the pass rush is going to get to Daniel Jones. I really think we'll be fine. Where are you at, Shiel? It should. Uh, I think I'm probably in between you two. I ha- I'll make my picks. My Fence initial thought. this thought- guy, Cliff. All he does. <laughs> like, oh, so, yeah, yeah, like an eight and a half. No matter what happens. I'm at an eight and a half. You're like an eight and a half. I think it's the best. I think if I had to pick right now, I would pick the Eagles to cover the seven. Uh, I think it's more likely that they beat them by double digits than it is that they lose the game outright. At the same time, listen, you always are going to have a sense that something terrible could happen if you're an Eagles fan. And I know, you know, the Super Bowl didn't erase all of that, but uh, those games at the, you know, against the Bucs in the NFC Championship game at the Vet, the Panthers at the Link the next year. At the vet, I mean, those were games that you go Can in. Can I say thinking, this though? There's no. I think if, if yeah. the Eagles lose this game, this might be more disappointing than those championship games. If I'm being honest, I was trying to think about that. Yeah, how de- how, how devastating? What kind of choke job or how devastating we, would this be if they lost? Because this of game? how good the Eagles have been this season, but the, that Bucks team ended up winning the Super Bowl too. Uh, who who else was it? Was it the yeah. Panthers, the Panthers, made, it the Panthers made it and actually played the Patriots real right. tough in the Super yeah. Bowl? Panthers yeah. made it. The Rams, correct? If I'm not mistaken, did end up winning that Super Bowl, right? Yes. Did, yeah. yeah, that one was like house money. You yeah, know, the first one was house money. The second two and then were what, de- you know, devastating. When they played the Cardinals back in like 08 or something, or yeah, was it 08? I think it was. Yeah, yeah when Eagles snuck in when, and then they go right, on the they road. They go on the to road Arizona, there. Yeah. Like, I, I genuinely think this could be like a top three disappointing Eagles playoff loss if they lose this game. This, this is big. This, this will blow. Like, yeah. Again, like, I don't know why we're having this conversation. It's Monday at 1030 in the morning. I don't want to live with this. <laughs> Whoa. This is how you start week. your week yeah, if you're an Eagles about, fan. Absolutely. Chest. I was about but to say, this, yeah. we, we coming back Thursday anyway, so don't worry. We got some more takes to give yeah. out. And we got to hear from the people. Yeah, this – to watch – Daniel Jones and the Giants play in the NFC Championship game from home would suck so tremendously. It would really, really, really suck. Can we get the people's reaction to this? Can we get uh, the hashtag Ringer Philly special or something Something going on here, some voicemails, anything? I want to hear if the people would think, well, is this a top three disappointing loss if the Eagles were to lose to the Giants this weekend at home at the link on Saturday night? Yeah, I would say just use hashtag Ringer Philly. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Cliff, because let's get those questions coming in either on the reviews or if you're on Twitter, just use hashtag Ringer Philly. You can respond to what Cliff said uh, there. Or if you just have another question that we didn't address here that you say, I got to hear what they think about this on the later week pod, 
Let's go ahead and uh, make sure you use that hashtag again, Ringer Philly. I liked Ben's, you know, Philly special ambush for like the three of you that used that. Uh, yeah. That was, <laughs> to be fair, you just said ambush. Yeah, exactly. I gave the you hashtag yeah. Philly special. I saw the look in your face. I'm looking at it now uh, on Pro Football Reference. The Eagles were four point favorites in that Panthers game and four point favorites in that Bucks game. So if you're looking at it that way, uh, you're seven, seven and a half in this game. To lose at home again, I mean, that you'll just be thinking about what a missed opportunity, Daniel Jones, uh, to get to the NFC Championship. So, yeah, I think it would be pretty devastating. I think they're in a good spot. I think they're going to win as of Monday morning, but we shall see. All right, that will do it for this episode. You got something else to say, Ben? I see you. No, I was scratching my no. leg. Were you yawning? Yeah, yeah, no, Oh, you're scratching just, your leg. getting okay. limber. All right. <laughs> All right, getting limber. He's getting ready for the week. Listen, Ben and I are going to be back on the mics in about uh, 13 hours after Bucks Cowboys. So check us out on the Ringer NFL feed. Extra point taken. We'll be talking about that game and other stuff around the league. And then, of course, we will be back on the Ringer's Philly special for the Thursday 10. All right, everybody. Uh, have a nice few days until then ben is young i think ben needs ben need a little nice nice playoffs ben you got pace yourself i got film to, to rip through year. man listen know, we're living film this is it january football all right, right? Okay. everybody's tired right. everybody's a little hurt we just gotta play gotta play through at least there weren't you know there aren't 16 games that you have to catch up on from the that's weekend. very true that's always yeah. a nice feeling all right thanks to everybody for listening thank you to cliff we will talk to you soon on the ringers philly special This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.